who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Brian, I guess it's okay if I'm being recorded. Yeah, well, hopefully, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> Thank you for uh, taking some time here to jump on the podcast tonight. Hey, you're absolutely welcome, Todd. My pleasure. So let's let's kind of go through the things that you're doing, because, I mean, I thought that I was a busy guy, but you are just, I mean, it's insane. You're an instructor for the BCIT Radio Arts and Entertainment Program. That's, of course, we work side by side. Uh, you help out with the podcast, actually, some of the social media uh, marketing and stuff like that. Yeah, that's my fault. You're the uh, the GM of the the Port Moody Panthers. You're yeah. the owner and editor of the BCHL Network. Media relations with the BC Super Week and the Audlin Brown Van Open. You contribute to the Elite Prospects. Where do you find the time? Um, well, because of the pandemic, uh, sadly, there was no Audlin Brown Van Open nor BC Super Week over the last two years. It's been a while, uh, hey? Yeah, in fact, if those two events return in 2022, uh, it'll be the first events of those that series in, in Super Week's case. And and for the Audlin Brown event open at uh, Hollyburn, like it'll be the first one since 2019 as well. Like it's crazy to think that it'll be three years between events um, in, in the case. Like, I mean, that's even if we can do it safely in 2022. Right. But in terms of finding the time, I mean, you, you mentioned about me being an instructor at BCIT and, and working alongside you and that. Uh, regard that makes like the two events with super week and and the Alden brown event open those are in the summer so we get summers off as teachers do because there's no school um and so that affords me the time really with those events like they start to ramp up actually the timing is really kind of nice it ramps up in late may early june and then into july and august um which is exactly when things sort of quiet and quiet quieting down uh, at BCIT for us uh, because the students are obviously on their summer break as well. So although my my day-to-day like full-time job is still BCIT in that time, obviously it's a little different without students around. It's more prep work and stuff like that. So yeah. um, and, and then in terms of finding time for the Panthers, like 
that's a Saturday night thing. It's only about five months of the year. Um, and then I bring my kids to the games as well. So they help out. They're on the payroll of the team. Uh, so it's That's something awesome. where it's like a, it's a family affair in that regard. Yeah. And um, um, so knowing you, of course, working side by side with you every day, uh, I know that you're as big of a sports guy as you are. You're just as big of a music guy. So if you had to pick music or sports, which gets the nod? Oh, uh, you know, if you asked me that question 20, 25 years ago, it would be music without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and then now it's probably sports. Um, and, and a big reason for that is, is just where my life is at. Um, I mean, 20, 25 years ago, I didn't have any kids. And so the idea of, you know, going to a show or blowing money on CDs or whatever the case was, um, it was a little easier to swallow. Um, but anything I do in sports right now is, uh, relatively inexpensive. Uh, like if I'm just watching a Canucks game or watching a Lions game or whatever. Um, so that's, uh, that, that I think might be a big difference between the two. Still love music. Like my, my, I use my Spotify a lot. I still listen to evolution. Like I love our station at BCIT. The music we play is killer. Um, and it helps me discover a lot of new artists, but I just don't, I, I just can't dedicate the time that I used to you know, in the late, in, in the early nineties through to the early two thousands that I used to. Right. And did you catch the game tonight? The, the Canucks and the Kraken? Did you uh, listen at <laughs> all? Watch it all? You know what? I, I, I tuned in a little bit on the radio and then I was trying to find a stream online um, because I saw Canucks Twitter was like on fire yeah. that there was no broadcast uh, on TV that is. And uh, I did end up finding it out. I, I was actually watching a wrestling pay-per-view tonight, so I, I didn't get to see a lot of the Canucks game. Um, but I, I did have it on for a little bit. I had like the dual screen going on. Wrestling pay-per-view, Canucks game. <laughs> I love that you're just such a, still to this day, such a big wrestling fan. What? Who's your favorite all time? Uh, oh, it's it's got to be Triple H. Oh, yeah. It's got to be Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yeah, who, who goes by that? I mean, his real name is Paul Levesque. Um, and what's funny though, is that he's not that much older than you and I. And so like in, in Hunter's case, like he was one of the like real kingpins of the attitude era, like with stone cold and the rock and, and undertaker and all those guys. Right. And I mean, I was watching them when that, when would that have been? That would have been in my mid to late twenties. So it's not the same guys and, and women that I watched when I was a kid. Yet my favorite wrestler comes from that time, not the when I was a kid time when I watched wrestling. Interesting. So what what is your first memory of watching WWE? Was it WWF or E when you first started watching? Yeah, it would have been F at the time. Um, and that was before like there was a huge lawsuit with the World Wildlife Federation, That's which right. is hilarious because it's like, are you ever going to confuse the two? Yeah, well, you've seen you've right. seen the the picture of the pandas, one panda smashing the chair over the other panda's head, right? Yeah, exactly. Like no one's ever going to confuse, you know, people saving wildlife and preserving wildlife around the world with, you know, people in leotards beating each other up. Like that's just <laughs> right. no one's going to confuse that. But anyway, um, I think it worked out better for Vince McMahon anyway to become entertainment as opposed to federation in that case. But yeah. um, so my my earliest memory. Uh, you know what I was, I don't have a specific like event or something like that, but I want to say that I was like, I mean, I remember watching it when I was, 
uh, eight, nine years old. Like I remember heyday of Hulk Hogan. Like I, I remember when he beat Iron Sheik for the for the championship. I remember watching the Camel uh, Clutch. And, what yeah, an awesome yeah. finishing and move! He kicked out of the Camel Clutch. Like what the hell is that? And when you're you're like nobody gets out of the Camel Clutch. Like you know you, you can't do that to my hero. And so I remember watching that and. Uh, I remember Saturday night's main event. Like, I don't know if you ever remember that, like Saturday night live would be like preempted and then like wrestling would come on at like 1130 at night. Um, And I mean, I never, it's so funny. You think back when you're a kid and you're like, what an idiot I was because like, I was like, how are they wrestling at like 1130 at night? Like that's ridiculous. Here's this huge like stadium full of people. And it's so late not thinking like, duh, it's pre-recorded. Right. Um, So I remember that. And then I, I, I have a really fond memory. Like WrestleMania three was on my 11th birthday. Oh and no way. Yeah. Like the actual event was on my birthday and that was like the big Hulk Hogan versus Andre the giant. Um, you know, like, and then they were billing it like Andre had never been defeated. He'd never been pinned. And then, you know, Hogan's the champ and has been for three years. And back then they didn't have, they had pay-per-view, but it was way more prevalent in the U S. And so in my case, like you had to go buy a ticket, like, whatever 15 bucks go down to like the pacific coliseum and they had like four screens set up on each side and you went there and you watched it on this giant screen with all these other wrestling fans oh and, crazy and I, and I went there with like i mean i went with my folks and uh, a few friends and my sister for from that was like what we did on my birthday like that was my birthday party was we watched wrestlemania 3 what what's your favorite sport to play uh i I can't play anything (laughs) 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 like um like i really yeah like i mean i'm i'm cool with throwing a football around or throwing frisbee around or ping pongs okay i I used to be halfway decent at pool because growing up we had a a pool table in the basement um but really i'm not athletically inclined at all yeah fair yeah um so so what's the what's the music in the weeb house like as a kid, what are your parents playing? Uh, oh, well, it's still, I mean, it's, it's, there's a reason why it's the music I like today. So growing up, uh, we always had records on and we always had like, we had an eight track in the car. And so uh, some eight tracks that I remember specifically. And I mean, I think it was because of the time, like I wish I had some like cool, real rock, like eight tracks to tell you about, but I don't um, like the eight tracks was like ABBA, um, the Grease soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like that was that was the stuff I remember on the eight tracks. But in terms of LPs, like I remember the red and the blue Beatles albums, um, you know, like a double billfold, yep. like the whole record. I remember looking at those and, and I remember my parents playing them. My 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 mom had a much better taste in music than my dad did, um, at least growing up now. I'm like, yeah, the stuff he liked kind of sucked and the stuff she liked was kick ass. Um, so lots of Beatles, lots of doors um that kind of stuff stones like i remember um the stones album covers always as a kid i was always like this is crazy like super psychedelic or like sticky fingers with like the the zipper like all that like i was like that's really cool that anyone would even think to do that uh on an album cover and so that that's the kind of stuff that i remember like when i was especially when i was really little although it was well past that time right like they were playing that stuff in the early 80s um yet of course that like the beatles hadn't put out anything in 12 years right so so my parents were still listening to that um but they also like they went they went in a strange direction um because they would have stuff by like manhattan transfer okay like, i don't know if you i don't know yeah, who yeah. that is i don't know if you know yeah. who that is but like it's like a acapella two guys two girls or something like that 
um, and and stuff like that. So that was kind of weird, I thought. And then like I remember Zamfer Records. Like, do you remember the guy with like the oh the 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 pan flute? Thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I remember seeing those records, and I was like, "This is crazy." Like, but so like to this day, if you played Zamfer, I'd probably know a handful of songs. Wow! So music's always kind of just been part of your life. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. huge. In fact, Manhattan Transfer was the I want to say the first. No, it wasn't the first concert I went to. Second, probably. What was the first? Jackson Five Victory Tour, man. No, did you seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where was that? that? That was. It was unreal. Uh, that was a BC place in '84. Um, and I remember my, um, my second cousin, his name is Mark. He used to always have like, I don't know how he had some like concert ticket hookup, but he did, he'd get tickets for my aunt and uncle all the time and whatever. So he got us these tickets for the Jackson five victory tour. Cause we were like sold out in like five seconds, mm-hmm. um, because they were reuniting and Michael was Michael at that point, right? 84, right. It's two years after thriller. Um, so like he was just like the biggest star in the world at the time. And our seats were horrible, like just absolutely like think it's like, you know, second to last back row at BC place. Right. Comes um, with the Kleenex. Like, yeah, totally. Right. And uh, it's like, make sure you, you have like everything that you need to make sure you're not going back down because you're two miles from the floor of the stadium. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but what, what was really funny about that? And so they had the big screens up at BC place, which if you, if you remember the old BC place, there were no screens in the middle. It right. was at both ends, right? And so when when they came out on stage, of course, I had binoculars. And when they came out on stage, the only way we could tell which one was Michael was the sequin glove. Like he, we could see the glove. Wow. Um, and so that was the only way we could differentiate Michael from Tito or Jermaine or whoever. And and so, but it was unreal because he would like his brothers were so gracious. And again, I don't remember this at the time, but I remember the songs. And so he like he still played Billy Jean and he still played like oh. Beat It and like all the massive hits that weren't his brother's songs at all, right? But uh, no, that was the first show I ever went to. And I, I remember the souvenir I bought. I bought a, a, a head a bandana, like not even like the triangle like or diamond bandana, like a headband. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't like an elastic headband. It was like a scarf-ish material, like a silk that you would tie in, like Karate Kid style. Yeah, yeah. And, and instead, Jackson 5 Victory Tour on it. And of course, back in the day, if you didn't have that friend that you guys had, I mean, you literally, there were times where you would be camping overnight to see a really oh, yeah. good show. Like that was just, oh, yeah. that's what you did. I did that too. I mean, even into the early 90s, like I would I would go. Um, and the funniest thing, I can't remember what show it was, but I remember camping out and there was like nobody else there. Like we didn't need to camp out at all. <laughs> it was like, you know, we don't need to camp out, but we did. What what has what what's been your favorite concert? Can you nail it down or too too oh, hard? Oh man, yeah, it's it's probably too hard. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Nirvana was awesome. Um, just 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 the, just seeing them was was unreal. Where um, did you see them? Uh, now that's a band that I never got to see. Uh, they played here, so it was. Uh, I'm I'm not one of those people that can lend themselves to being like, oh, I was at the Town Pump show. Uh, in 91, which like apparently all of Vancouver was at. Right. Um, for a, for a 300 person venue. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Where they were opening for like screaming trees. Um, so no, I, I didn't get to go to that. Never mind the fact that I was 15, um, <laughs> but I saw them. Um, so what happened was I remember on, uh, on Fox they announced the show 
And, uh, and we were like, okay, we got to get tickets. And that was one we did camp out for and, and we got tickets. Um, and it would have been, it was in early 94. So it was like January 3rd or 4th or something like that. And we camped out, we got our tickets. It was at the forum, PE forum. Um, and like, we're driving home or we're driving somewhere that same day. And C Fox is like second show added Nirvana at the forum. It was the day before we had tickets. No. So they actually added the second show because of booking or the tour or whatever for the day prior. And so we were like, all those jerks are going to get to see them first. And we camped out. Like it was just the second show would probably be better anyway. Like we were, we were so mad because we were just like, that's a ripoff. Like we, we put in all this effort camped out. We're like freaking out that we could see Kurt and whatever. And, uh, and yeah, we got to see the second show. It was still a, an unreal show, though. Like, he he was, I mean, it was as good as you would expect. Yeah. You know, and then he was gone four months later. Wow. Right? Like, that's that's what was crazy about it, was that they didn't play that many shows between no. when I saw them and then when the band didn't exist anymore. Wow. Um, so that one really sticks out. Not And again, not just because he's gone, but because it was such a rad show. Like it was a, it was a really, really good show. Mm -hmm. Um, Played with butthole surfers. Like it was good. Well, cool. Um, Yeah. It was a really, really cool one. Um, Yeah. I mean, some of the Lollapaloozas were great. Um, That's mine. I I mean, like the, the Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Ministry, Jesus and Mary Chain, like Ice Cube, Ice Cube, Ice Cube. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Chili Peppers. I mean, I mean, you can't get that. You can't, there's no way that that show would happen today. No, no, I don't think so. Well, especially, well, especially Soundgarden. I mean, yeah. Well, and not in that genre, right? Like that, that type of music just doesn't hit the way that it did 30 years ago. And no. so as a result, you're not going to get those bands together. Um, like, I mean, Lala, Lala 95, 95 was great for me because I like that was what the pumpkins and hole and no. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Um, you've got your half right. Um, so, uh, 94 was good. And I was really excited to see green day and, and pumpkins and beastie boys. Um, and who else was on that bill? Anyway, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, L seven. Um, but really 95 for me hit better because there were more bands that I liked. So it was Beck. It was Sonic youth. It was whole, it was Jesus lizard. Um, it was pavement. And so, like, I mean, I, I liked a little more of the alternative rock, so to speak. Yeah. The stuff that was a little more weird and out there. And Sonic Youth are one of my favorites ever. So, really, to see that show, I went down and saw the opening night of the tour in uh, the Gorge in George Washington. Um, and then uh, and then drove back that night and went <laughs> the next day. Did. Yeah, of course I did. And then the next day, went and saw the show here at Thunderbird Stadium. So it was outstanding. Wow. And I actually got pretty pissed off because uh, Sinead O'Connor was great. She she actually put on a really good show. We didn't know what to expect because it's like you've got David Yao from Jesus Lizard coming out and being like the weirdest dude ever. And then here comes Sinead. She's like, hold like, my beer. Like, sing, yeah, singing like beautiful folk songs, right? Like, it was really kind of wild. Um, but is this... Is this after the burning uh, of the flag on SNL? Uh, oh, ripping the picture of the Pope. Oh, sorry, ripping the picture? Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess it must have been because I think that picture of the Pope came like when she was much more popular, right? Like, I think that was like nothing compares to you time. Um, yeah. And this was like 95, which would have been three or four years later, I think. 
Um, so yeah, it would have been after that. In fact, yes, because she had hair. And I, I don't even say that jokingly, but like she actually straight up had hair um, and wasn't shaved Sinead at the time. So, so anyway, I got pissed off because she ended up leaving the tour like later that summer for whatever reason it was, I can't remember if it was health related or what, but she was replaced by Elastica. Uh, and Elastica was like one of my favorite bands and still is to this day, like ever. And so I was like, okay, if I saw a show that was like Beck and Sonic Youth and Hole and Pavement, Mighty Mighty Boston's and Elastica, that would be like unreal. <laughs> so yeah, some of the, and, and I mean, I, I even Lollapalooza 96, because it was like Metallica and Ramones, like that was just a, I mean, Rancid, it was an unreal show. Yeah, I do remember when they announced that, everybody was like, Metallica, like, what the hell? Because that was supposed to be the alternative tour. It was, like, right. not bands that you would expect. And, like, Metallica, that's what? What? Well, that, that, that tour that year was, in my mind, like, that's the that was the end of Lollapalooza as an alternative music festival. Yeah. Like, 95 was the last one, which means the tour itself, as as we remember it in that, in that like, same, in the same... Uh, what's the word in the same vein or in the same belief structure of alternative music that you, that 91 show um, that's where it stopped. Like 95 was when it stopped. Um, and then in 96, and that's not to take anything away from Metallica because they were unreal. Um, but, but that was, that was a turning point. I think in the festival, like now, now Lollapalooza is not even close to what it used to be. Well, now it's just a one-day thing or a weekend thing. Grant Park in, in Chicago, it's a, a destination event as opposed to they travel and come to your city. Well, and it'll be every genre under the sun. Right. Like, but, um, at, at, like even down to pop music. This, this is a tough one, Brian. Most overrated band. Oh, geez. You're <laughs> killing me here. Um, ever? Um. I, I don't know if I can pick one um, because there's bands that I really, really like that people think are overrated. <laughs> like, like I, there's people that'd be like whole is completely overrated. Like there's no Courtney is like not even close to as talented as anyone thinks she is. Um, but I like, I like it. Like even, even the pumpkins performance here at Lola 94, like it, it gets like horrifically panned. Like people are like, they were terrible. And, and I'm like, they were amazing. Like, I thought the pumpkins were great. Mm. Um, like, did they sound like the record? No. But the pumpkins aren't one of those bands that can sound like their record. Like, they just don't. So I don't know, man. I don't know if I could pick. Um, because, well, and, and it's funny that you say this because one of the most, un, like, so my wife, she said that the Beatles are overrated. What? And, Come on. No, and you know what though? Like, I love the Beatles. Like, they're one of my most favorite bands ever. But they they might be. And any of those bands might be. Elvis might be overrated. But that doesn't take away from their influence. And I know, like, I, this is like hot take, but but the fact is, like, and I think the Beatles are one of the greatest bands ever. I really do. Um but I also get the side where someone goes, yeah, you know what? They're not as great as some make them out to be. And I'm uh, like, yeah, okay. You could even argue Zeppelin for that Sabbath. Yeah. Like you could, you, you well, really could argue all the huge, huge bands. Maybe they are a bit overrated. Stones, Nirvana, like all yeah. of the, yeah. Pearl Jam. Like you could say that. Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, what do you, but I mean, I don't know. With the Beatles, I just look at their body of work in such a short period of time. Oh, they crushed it. Like you don't. But and Nirvana is the same. Like you, yeah. you don't you don't do what they did in only five years or only six years. And and I mean, not they, be that. But you, you think about it. Like what was the last band after Nirvana that made any sort of giant splash like they did like no other band since has done that where basically kick the teeth in of of rock music change the musical uh, landscape yeah probably not i can't think of anything but here so i'll ask you this and i know you're the one doing the interviewing here but what if what if they were still together what if their legacy wasn't just 89 to 94 because I wonder if maybe that influence would wane over time. And I think that that may have been why some people look at like the stones or they look at, um, you know, Zeppelin because plant page, were still doing like the unplugged and stuff like in the nineties. Like, I, I wonder about that. Like if Kurt was still with us today and the band was still together, like Pearl jam is like not, not everything Pearl Jam puts out anymore is tan or versus or even vitality. Uh, right. I mean, I, that's interesting because I think that when those bands like that, when they release an album, they are, ba- they are looked at based on their best stuff. Like that's not a Pearl Jam 10. That's not Pearl Jam versus, but it also shouldn't be like, I think that any band that releases an album as good as a new Pearl Jam record or the new, I don't know, Rolling Stones Stones or whatever, any big band, you know, I think that any band would love to be able to release that album and, and it's good. It's just not as good as their best. So, so it's like Pearl Jam on their worst day is still better than however many other, than however many other, other bands on their best day. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I guess is where like that you come back to the overrated, right? Like even the weirdest, oddest Beatles stuff on their worst day is still better than a whole ton of other stuff. Right. Which is true. Right. Uh, so we, we we went through the list of like Brian does this, 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 this. When you find time, what do you what are you binging lately? Are you binging anything lately? Do you find time? You know what? I, I go back to all my old standards. Like I don't I don't ever binge watch anything new really um yeah i don't like i uh, i've i've rewatched dexter um oh, not even in a great series though yeah for sure but and not even in anticipation of like the new one coming out in november like for me it's i really like it and and i will admit that when they announced the reboot of it i did watch that through again um because the pandemic afforded a little more time to do that um but I like before I watched that, I think I probably watched it two times before that. Um, just cause it's that good. And then same thing with the office. Like I've, I've binged every episode of the op- office. Probably I'm going through it now, probably my third time. The U S or the UK? No, the U S. Um, you watch the UK. I never have actually. Dude, come on. It's, no, I know. I know. Everyone's it's, like, so like good. it's amazing. Yeah, I know. I know. Hmm. Um, um but probably Narcos. I always go back to that too. Oh yeah, Narcos was such a good and, and like didn't like didn't one of the was it like a field person where they're like scouting locations or something like that? Didn't they get killed while doing that? Yeah, Did you? Hear yeah, about I heard that? about that. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. I can't remember if it was the latest season 
or the upcoming season. But like the, like, cause that's the thing about when you talk about Escobar and you talk about, um, uh, all, all like even in, in the, cause the latest episode or the latest uh, season is Narcos Mexico. And so even when you're talking about all of the cartels in Guadalajara and in Mazatlan and in Tijuana, um, and all these cities, they, they still have tentacles. Like even in 2021, like they've got tentacles that are still involved in the drug trade and stuff like that. So they still don't like the fact that they're portrayed and they talk, they say it's fiction and whatever, but there's still that thought that it's like, no, we don't want you, you know, talking about El Chapo or we don't want you talking about whoever. Um, and so I, I believe it. Like I, like I told you, like if they're like, Hey, you're sniffing around to sort of make sure you've got this authentic yeah. scene in Mexico or Central America or South America or whatever for these cartels, like they're, they're going to know that you're there without a doubt. <laughs> like talk like, about a high risk job. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you're going to be a location scout for the new season of Narcos. Like no thing. I don't know about that. Yeah. No. What's the worst job that you've had? Uh, <laughs> I worked one night in a grocery store one night one <laughs> shift. and and they didn't pay you they didn't end up paying you. they didn't pay me no they, they well i made them pay me but they tried to get away with not paying me right um and and so what well, was funny because when i applied for the job like i was just what was i doing uh i had i had quit my job at a pizza restaurant and i was like i'm like it took a few months off i put together like a rock show in maple ridge uh, an all ages show. And, uh, and then I was like, I should probably get a job. Like I should probably. And, and my mom was cool. Like I was living at home at the time and I was in my uh, early twenties and she was totally cool with it. Like no problem. And so I was like, but I should probably do something because I've been out of work now for three, four months or whatever. So luckily it wasn't my mom kicking me in the ass being like, right. go get a job. It was me being like, I should probably do something. So uh, I saw the ad in the paper and, and, uh, and it was for overnights. And like the, the, the job started, I want to say at one or midnight or one or something like that till seven or eight in the morning. And, uh, I know, I know those are rough hours. I know. But I was like, ah, you know what? I've got nothing else going on. I can sleep during the day. If I'm going to go to a gig I can go to a gig and then go, go to work after that, like whatever. And so I went and when I went in for the interview, like I, I had my resume with me, like I'm prepared guy. And, uh, and there was like about, I don't know, 10 or 15 of us. And they interviewed us all like at the same time. And I'm like, well, how are you, how are you going to get a gauge? Like as someone who had been in management before and done hiring and done interviews and stuff, I was totally like, how are you going to know if I'm better than this person beside me or interviewing all at once? Like what the yeah, hell's like, going on here? This person across the table is better than me or whatever. And, uh, and then they were like, so you're all hired. And I was like, you don't want my resume? Like, um, cause again, this was before you're applying online for a gig. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, and then they're like, so which of you could start tonight? <laughs> oh my God. And I, and I was like, sure. I'm not doing anything. Like, yeah, why not? So, um, there, and there was about four, I think four of us that said, yeah, we can start tonight. No problem. And so that night I was like trying to get to sleep. Like, I'm like, Oh, I'll go to sleep at like eight sleep till like 11 or 12 and then get up and go to work. Um, yeah, I think it was two. I think I started at two. And, uh, 
and I couldn't sleep. Like, I, like I'm not going to sleep at eight o'clock. Like, like twenty. I'm like 22, 23 years old. Like, just not. Uh, and so, anyway, I, I think I ended up dozing off like eleven. Slept for a couple hours. Got up, drove to work, and uh, it was about a fifteen minute drive. And uh, yeah, and then I went there and I worked and no training, like literally no training. Um, and it was stocking shelves because it was overnight, right? So um, they're like, so can you move like this pallet of whatever it is over to here? And I'm like, I have no idea how to use a pallet jack. Like I don't, I've never, like I've worked in a restaurant and never used a pallet jack in my life. Um, and so like I'm crashing the pallet jack into stuff, not causing, not causing damage, but like I didn't realize, like have you ever used a pallet jack? Yeah, so so i'm like i didn't know that you're supposed to pull it like i didn't realize that if you push it it turns like this way so i'm pushing the stupid thing and it's like crashing into like whatever the the shelves and stuff so and and i'm getting frustrated because i'm like well they didn't train us like i didn't they didn't say hey do you know how to use a pallet jack because i would have been like no show me right like i'm not ready for this like what the hell and it's like three in the morning so anyway um, I had filled out paperwork and stuff. And then I realized like, I'm like, this kind of sucks. Like, this is not, this is not what I want to do. Um, like even for a temporary thing. So, uh, there was a manager person, uh, who came and checked on us like after a couple hours and they were like, yeah, so what do you think? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I still want to see a couple hours later. I'm like, no, not for me. And then, and they were like, so what do you think? And I'm like, nope, not for me. And they were like, okay, well, you can just go home now then. And I'm like, well, no, like I, I'm the type of person, like if I'm there for the shift, I'm there for the shift, then I'm going to work and I'm going to do what I need to do, provided I know how. Um, and, uh, and I'm like, so no, I'll stick it out till, till the end. So like an hour left in the shift, they come up and they're like, so what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, I already told you. Like, no. yeah. I'm like, I already told you, like, I'm not down with this. Uh, and they were like, okay, so you should just go home. And I was like, I already told you like, no, I'm not going home now. Like there's an hour left. I'm going to finish the hour. So then at the end, they're like, so what do you think? And I'm like, I just told, I told you like twice now, like, I, I, this job is not for me. Like how many, how much more clear can I get? Yeah. 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 Um, that's a hard pass. Like, yeah, totally. And then they were like, okay, so why don't we just call it even? And I'm like, Call what, what even? even? What do you mean? <laughs> exactly. Like I was like, what do you mean? Call what even? And uh, and they were like, well, we haven't processed your payroll paperwork yet with HR, so why don't we just call it even? And I was like, what? Like mean I don't get paid? And they were like, well, yeah, we haven't put the paperwork in. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not. No. I'm like, I didn't just work six hours in the middle of the night for nothing. Uh, for nothing, right? Yeah. And uh, and I, I still, to be honest, I can't remember if they ever actually did pay me. <laughs> but I was like. Like, I don't know if I ever got a check mailed to my house or whatever. That's awesome. That's the worst job I ever had because it was just like, there was no, like, like, I just couldn't believe how, like, nonchalant they were in their hiring. I couldn't believe how zero training, like, it's just literally like sink or swim. Um, Even if I destroyed the place, like, right, I could have knocked a whole, like, freaking aisle over. Sorry about that. I had no idea how to use that. Yeah, like we've seen that meme where it's like all the cardboard boxes in the warehouse and it's like, what would you, this just happened, what would you tell your boss? That could have been me. Yeah. And like, I, they would have been like, what happened? I would have been like, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Um, the funny thing about that though, is that using that pallet jack actually benefited me in my next job, which is working at Toys R Us. And at Toys R Us, like they showed me a little bit because I was working in the back and unloading trucks and stuff. And and they were like, here's how you use the pallet jack. And I was like, 
thank you. (laughs) This is great. And then I became like a master using the pallet jack, riding him like a scooter and stuff like that. So, (laughs) (laughs) but at that Uh, grocery store, that was like the worst job for sure. I know that you, like me, you do most of the cooking in your house. Yeah. What's your, what's your best? What's your go-to? I don't, the best thing that I make. Oh man. Um, so I guess I should probably grab your kids for this one. Yeah. Or, or my wife. <laughs> or your um, wife. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Geez. I mean, I, we really like, well, there's the dog. You know what? It might be homemade pizza. Ooh. Um, because it's a restaurant for nine years. Um, so you think I don't, but we make the dough fresh in the bread maker. And so as a result, it's like fresh dough straight up. Like you would get at a pizzeria, no frozen dough crusts, like that kind of stuff. So I, uh, that's probably, that's probably my go-to like in terms of like what I'm most proud of, which like I say is hilarious because I have the experience working, well, yeah, in, thankfully. <laughs> working in a pizza restaurant, um, you know, and we made dough on a much larger scale, but yeah, that that's probably it. But cause it's, there's really labor intensive, like it takes like two hours to make it. Totally. Yeah. We, um, we do big, uh, like pierogi fests here at the house. Oh. Everybody comes over and, you know, make the dough, roll out the dough. The, and, yeah. It's pretty cool. Just yeah. My mom out. used to do that actually. Yeah. Yeah. So probably that's probably it. We call it weebza. You call it a oh, weebza. <laughs> okay. Kidding, yeah, right? yeah. I heard um, weed weeds. Uh, no, like, no, no, that's no. not, that's not Brian. That's, that's not that's me. Brian. No. Um, I mean, I, I like making, like, I love making a stir fry. The other night I made a teriyaki chicken stir fry. Like that was, I mean, that's super easy. Yeah. It's not difficult for me to make, but it was, I loved it. It was fantastic. Yeah. You know, yeah. spaghetti and meatballs, same thing. Like it's all good. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll ask you a few more and we'll wrap it up here. That's all good. Um, have you ever bungee jumped skydived? No. Would never. you? Um, like say if BCIT were like, okay, we're going to do a radio thing and we want the instructors to take the, you know, would you do something like that if they were uh, offered it? It's, it's easy to say without the piece of paper in front of me being like, would you do this? Uh, so, I mean, my, my, the short answer is yeah, probably. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think I might, I have done both in the past for right. radio stations. Right. And I probably would take the pass now. <laughs> well, okay. I, I'll put it this way. At my age, I'd probably take the pass. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, maybe 20 years ago, no problem. But now, yeah, maybe yeah. not. Yeah, dude, 20, uh, that, that's about it for me. Like, it was about 20 years ago. Right. Uh, right. In Victoria. And I was all about it at the time, like mid twenties. I was like, fuck oh. yeah, let's go. I totally <laughs> want to do this. And now I'd be like, eh. I think I'll be down yeah. here having a beer. I'll be the encouraging guy at the bottom. You know, it's funny that you say that because for me, it wouldn't be, it's not a fear thing. Like, it's not that I'm, I would be afraid to do it. Right. But like, I mean, I hurt getting out of bed. Right. So <laughs> yes, like, exactly. You know, like I, so now that I think about it, like that's the only thing that would deter me from doing it. It's not that I'd be like, Oh, I don't want to. You might hurt uh, yourself. Yeah. Like I'd be worried that like, can't get yeah. up the next day. Like, and, and not even from like an accident. Just from because like, it wrenched my neck or yeah. like whatever. Um, like we've said it with our kids. Like if they ever want to do something like that, like, and it's funny. Cause my wife, she's like, you can do that if you want, 
don't tell me till after. Like, don't say, hey, mom, I'm going to go skydiving or, hey, mom, I'm going to go bungee jumping. Come back and be like, hey, mom, I went skydiving and here I am. Right. Like, that's totally different. So you said that with the kids, like, it's totally cool if you want to go do it. But tell us after that you did and that you're alive and well and standing beside us instead of like, hey, I'm going to go because then we're like, oh, my God. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, Who's the most famous person you've met? Oh, geez. Because I know you've met a ton of people like going to, you know, now Brian does a, the smart thing when he goes to concerts, or at least he used to when he was younger, yeah. you go in the back and you'd kind of wait at the buses and shit and, and, and meet and get stuff signed and everything yeah. else. The like, smart I mean, way to do it. Who, who were some of the big, big, bigger names? I met BC boys. Nice. I met REM. Um, I met Sonic youth. Uh, I met Dave Grohl. Um, not at the Nirvana show, actually, though, at a Foo Fighters show. Okay. Um, geez, who else? I, I mean, I did meet, I didn't have meeting Elastica. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got a, I've got a whole bunch of autographs. I remember I was going through a box and I was like, oh, I forgot I met them. Like, <laughs> I'm going through this box. I find the autograph and I'm like, oh yeah, Slater Kinney. I met them. I forgot I did. Yeah, yeah, I think um, you, I think I saw you posting something on Facebook a, I did, I did about a month or two back, where you're like, "Holy shit, this set list is awesome!" And it's like, <laughs> "What Sonic Youth set list? That's awesome." Yeah, I know. Well, and what's funny about that Sonic Youth set list that you're talking about is that it was when they opened for REM at the Coliseum. So the Coliseum isn't the type of place that is an easy place to get a set list. No, right? Like you're far, like you're far from the stage because there's the barricades there. So I have no idea in my memory, how I got that set list. Hmm. Like I, I probably asked security. I mean, I remember doing that at times because it would be during sets. And let's be honest, the Sonic Youth REM crowd isn't the most rowdy on the planet. And so <laughs> right. no. I, you know, never mind that's at the Coliseum. It's like road seating. Like it wasn't a it wasn't um what do they call that? Um festival seating. It wasn't festival seating. Um and so yeah, like it's a very good chance that I was like Hey, can you get me that? And they were like, sure. Oh, probably. That's the only way I can think that I got it. But yeah, like Slater Kinney was a perfect example of that. Cause I mean, I love that band. And, and I found an old disc order, you know, like the CITR paper. Um, and they were on the cover and they had actually like doodled, like instead of just like, Hey, signing it, Corin Tucker, Carrie Brownstein, it was like, they had doodled on it. So like on Corin, she drew like angel wings on herself. And it was like Angel of Death, Corin Tucker. Like it was hilarious. Nice. Didn't, so, didn't I mean, she do something there. with um? The hell's the guy's name from SNL? Uh, Fred Armisen. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Portlandia. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That was Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. 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 Did Carrie, you see that? That was that's pretty funny stuff. Oh, that show was hilarious. Yeah. Just hilarious. Like she's a riot. She's yeah. She's, she's funny. Like Great Carrie's time. a fantastic um, actor. Um, and then, I mean, an unreal guitarist too. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably like beasties is probably the most famous, although REM is REM, REM, um, you know, uh, they're, they're probably the most famous that I met, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Brian, last one. Tell us a near death story where you could have died. Uh, you know, the only, the only near death stories that I have, uh, all involve like being in the car, right? So driving, like, 
treacherous like, BC highways in winter. Yeah, like I don't think. Well, no, not only just that, but also driving after a show when I'm like dead exhausted, tired. Right. So, like, I, I I can't think of something specific, but I know there have been instances where I'm driving home and it's like, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's like the other side, and it's like there's cars coming. Like that's the only thing I can think of where where I actually ever thought like I better like snap out of this. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Window goes down a little bit, slap in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crank the radio like that. That's the kind of. So I don't have any like specific where it was like, oh, we almost drove off a cliff or you know anything like that. Um, but yeah, there were definitely like you bro- talk about the highways. Like there were definitely some times where I was like, my car's not going to stop. Like we would skid, and I'm like, wherever it lands, it lands. Um, and I and I'm not saying like, oh hey, it, it might like no, it actually did skid, and I was just trying to straighten out, trying to not hit the barricade, trying to not hit the mountain on this side. Um, but I never did. So that's the thing. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's as near death as I would have been. Um, I would say if you, but yeah, man, that's death. But looking at it anyway, well, it's close. It, it also very well could have just been like, oh, a dent in the passenger door. So like, I, <laughs> right. I don't know how close to death it was, but uh, there were some white knuckle times. Definitely driving to when my wife worked in the Kootenays, um, you know, and I'd be driving six hours to, to go visit her uh, over the Okanagan connector over uh, the Paulson summit between Grand Forks and Castlegar. Like that's, that's not fun to drive in the winter. That's, no, 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 no. And I mean, like I'd be traversing like however, like however many mountain passes there were, right. Like it would be from, from the interior. And then it's like over one mountain and then it's like, Oh, we're in a the Valley. Then over another mountain. Like, that's just the way it is driving, driving that way. Things you do for love. Yeah, man, it was worth it. I do it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> awesome. All right, Brian, let's wrap it up here. Thank you again for, uh, for jumping on. You're easy to find on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, Brian underscore Weeb, W-I-E-B-E, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is just your name. Well, Twitter, Twitter is the most active where I'm, where I'm at. Instagram, I don't think I've posted anything in over a year. Um, <laughs> so it's like, it's not really much there to see. Yeah. Um, but, but Twitter for sure. And of course, BCHL Network, like all the other places where where you can get my stuff. So like if, if you're into tennis, Audlin Brown Van Open, we're at vanopen.com, bcsuperweek.ca, of course, bcit.ca slash radio. Um, that's where you can find us there. And, uh, and of course, Evolution 1079. That stuff's awesome. Cool. All right, bud. We'll see you online. All right. You got it, Todd. The Toddcast Podcast on toddhancock.ca. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. 
Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. <laughs>